2: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Holy offense, Batman! What in the name of Pap Narduzzi is going on here? Michigan State and Western Kentucky combined to score 79 points as Mel Tucker in the 17th-ranked Spartans. Take down the Hilltoppers and their impressive quarterback, Bailey Zappi, on Saturday night. Another impressive win for a team that continues to gain ground and more hype with each passing week. We will discuss the win, look ahead to a road game at Rutgers, and discuss takeaways from Michigan State basketball's open practice on episode 50 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on Monday, October 4th, 2021. Guys, my voice is doing better this week, but I sprained my ankle before the game on Saturday, so so now I've got new issues to worry about. But uh, Matt, I'm sure you had another late on late night on Saturday, but how's it going today?
0: Uh it's going fine. Uh, you know, typical Monday. Watch the opposing team press conference. Maybe right mm. off it. Greg Shiano didn't have a whole lot to say today. It was a uh, pretty uh, pretty bland. So there you go.
2: Keep keeping it close to the vest. Kyle, what's up? I'm sure you were pumped to see basketball back at the Breslin.
1: Uh, yes, I, me and about 5,000 of my closest friends uh, had a basketball Saturday. Uh, you know, fun little thing they did. You know, a lot of people, I think, just kind of went in from the tailgate for a little bit, um, checked out some hoops, and then went back out and tailgated some more. So I think it was kind of well-planned. I know Tom Izzo, uh, we can get into the basketball portion of it, but Tom Izzo seemed thrilled to see uh, people in his uh, in his house there again. He he was like a it was like open mic night with that guy there. Um, so fun fun Saturday overall.
2: Yeah, a lot of excitement going on uh, in East Lansing right now as basketball gets geared up and this football season has been a wild ride so far. Uh, you know we we're going to talk about keep chopping today. Someone is literally chopping a tree down next door right now. I. Doesn't look like it's Mel Tucker or Scotty Hazleton or uh, any member of the secondary or the staff over there. So I must be just bit, some landscaping going on. But if, if you pick that up in the background, uh, my bad. Although I guess it is appropriate for today's episode, uh, considering we've got a couple coaches who love to use the keep chopping mantra uh, coming up this week. We'll get to that in a second. We'll also get to the Western Kentucky game. If you could please like rate uh, review the podcast to be very much appreciated. Uh, send in those questions on Twitter or through the sub stack, which uh, subtext, which we got a couple today that we're going to touch on the episode and check out our work at MLive.com slash Spartans. Uh, but let's get into it, guys. It was a, it was another festive big time night at Spartan Stadium. Second straight night game. This one started an hour or a half hour later, much to match chagrin. But uh, a festive night, a good crowd on hand uh, as Western Kentucky brought in the nation's number two passing offense. We knew it was going to be a challenge for Michigan State. Uh, Kenneth Walker the third and Jaden Reed continue to be two of the biggest stars in the country. Uh, Michigan State gets off to the hot start. They ride some good defense in the red zone Um, and I would, the bend don't break defense continues, but um, you know, a lot of points put up, but Michigan State pretty much controlled this game throughout. I would say never really uh, the the, the result was never really in doubt. I would say, would you agree with that, Matt?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this game for the most part, basically played out how, I expected it to. You know, I thought that Western Kentucky would give them problems the way they, they, you know, can throw the ball around Michigan State's secondary is a little questionable, especially at corner. They got some, you know, some issues there. They've been prone to the past. But, you know, when you look at what Western Kentucky was giving up defensively, I didn't think they really had a great chance of slowing down Michigan State. Certainly not like the Nebraska did. They're just not built that way. You know, and when you have guys like Kenneth Walker and Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor. I mean, you can't, you can't try and stop everybody. You're gonna to have to put your focus one way or the other and they're gonna beat you one of the other ways. You know, I think their their coach last week heading into the game was talking about was uh talking about Walker and you know, you gotta do this and that against him. He's really tough. And then when it's just when you you think you're doing that, they're gonna throw the ball over your head. And that's basically exactly what happened. So um, I can't tell you I was predicting a second straight week with a punt return touchdown. Um, but yeah, I mean it, I thought the game played out for the most part as expected.
2: Yeah, I mean 519 yards of total offense. Uh, you know, Peyton Thorne goes 20 for 30 for 327 in a touchdown. Kenneth Walker, 24 carries, 126 yards and three touchdowns. Naylor, eight for one twenty-eight, Jaden Reed four for one twenty-seven in the touchdown. Uh, you mentioned the the punt return touchdown, which was very early on, just electrified the crowd, uh, got things started on the right foot. Couple big plays. Uh, Jalen Naylor has a big play uh, up up the middle there. I mean, the explosive offense uh, from Michigan State, even under the you know some of D'Antonio's best years, you'd had some big plays. But like, it's just crazy. I, I, maybe it's just like hitting me harder after watching you know the doldrums of the of the late D'Antonio years where they're. Literally, you were just begging for a 30-yard pass. But the explosive plays, I think, are really are, – I mean, Michigan State's up to number 11 now. Uh, for, by beating Western Kentucky, they jumped from 17 to 11. Obviously, a lot of teams lost this week. Um, but I feel like the way Michigan State is winning is the reason maybe they're turning more heads than normal with just, like, these explosive big plays because it doesn't look like, you know, the standard ground-and-pound Michigan State offense.
0: Exactly. I think we brought this up on – I think it was on this. We talked about this earlier that a lot of reason for the excitement um, was the way the offense looked. I mean, this isn't winning games 17 to 7. Now, sure, you're going to get some fans that like the defense, like that kind of Big Ten football. And there's been games like that that I've enjoyed. But I think for the most part, you're going to win over fans with the scoring, with the points, with the big plays. And to be honest, this is, what, my fifth season doing this from Michigan State beat? And I think it feels like, and I could be wrong, I could be right, I don't know, but... It feels like they've had more explosive plays through five games this year than they did in the previous four seasons combined. I just, like, it doesn't, it's not even, it just feels like a completely different team, um, especially offensively. Um, that's the way they're able to win now. I mean, look at, you know, the, yeah, the Nebraska game, you know, you kept it fairly low scoring. The offense had its problems in the second half, to say the least. But, you know, they're putting up points. They're putting up big plays. They got playmakers, you know, all over the place on offense, mostly. Well, you know, you get really – three big guys on offense, uh, four, excuse me. And Trey Mosley has been pretty good too. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a challenge to slow down.
1: I, I I was going to jump in and point out that, yes, this offense has been great most of the time. It also did not get a first down in the second half last week. So I, I, think, yeah. the, I think the schedule set up well for them, which is my point. I mean, I think if you had to go from that against Nebraska into a Michigan-Penn State-Ohio State type of game, uh, that would have been really tough. So I think – Having this early October non-conference game against the team that uh, I think they knew they were going to move the ball against. I think that, I think that worked out really well for them because I think they got that Nebraska taste out of their mouth. They got some good film back. They, you know, they got a chance to kind of get things moving again before they jump into Big 10 full time. So I think, I think it kind of laid out well for them there. And maybe they figured some things out that they didn't know against Nebraska.
2: Yeah. I mean, we saw them struggle to run the ball against Nebraska, who's like really the, the first, you know, legitimate big front we've seen. So, uh, you know, I think there are going to be some concerns. We talked about it all year, how the schedule's backloaded. Um, I doubt they're going to be, you know, putting up huge points like this against Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think they're, you know, top 50 in total offense right now. So, um, and it's a balanced attack. So it'll be interesting to see now if there's a concern for Michigan state fans coming out of this game, it's on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I was trying to downplay it. I was having a lot of conversations with my dad after the game, because I mean, Western Kentucky, once again, they were outgained. I mean, 560 yards, total yards of offense. Again, Western Kentucky coming back most of the night, they're going to need to do that. I think Michigan state uh, took, put the brakes on at times throughout the night. I mean, they had 42 points at halftime. So <laughs> like, you, I think they kind of slowed up sometimes, but then Western Kentucky, and give them credit. They refused to give up on this game. I mean, they were calling timeouts. They were playing it till the end, um, but you could see Michigan state would just turn it right back on after, you know, they would score a couple touchdowns. Michigan state would go down, drive and score again, but defensively Bailey's Zappi, Give him credit. This guy looks like he could be a potential NFL prospect. He's been throwing on everyone. Nobody's been able to stop him. A lot of Ben don't break and Michigan state's credit. They stopped him in the red zone a lot, forced a lot of field goals. Matt, I think he wrote a story about that. Um, but, how concerned should Michigan state fans be about all the yards that they're giving up?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I would be concerned because they're coming through the passing game mostly. Um, and we've, you know, going into the season, we kind of figured that was going to be, that was going to be an issue, but you know, give credit where where it's due to certain, I mean, you, you look at the Miami game and they clearly wanted to keep your King in the pocket, make him beat him with his arm. And, you know, they gave up a bunch of yards didn't give up many points and kind of the similar, a similar, they gave up more points on Saturday, obviously, but, you know, the Zappy, and you know, look look at the the, the times where he took advantage, of guys. Chuck Brantley checks into the game. What does he do? The very first play, I believe it was. Oh, there's the new guy. There's the true freshman. I'm going to throw at him. Was his 50, 60 yard completion? Manuel Flowers came in at one point for, um, or was he at nickel? Um, I believe, and he, he goes right at. You know, and it's just you know, he's a this is a veteran guy. He threw for more than 10,000 yards at Houston Baptist. He knows what he's doing. Uh, that said, you know. Yeah, it will be a concern moving forward for the secondary. Uh, but if you can, as Mel said after the game, you know, when you face teams like that, it's about points. It's not about yards. So, uh, and yeah, the, the red zone stops for the difference in the game, I thought, because you force them. They get in the red zone three times. Well, you know, four times technically in the first half, but three times they limit them to short field goals. That's, you know, that that could have easily been a very close game at halftime. And when you only score six points in the second half, you know, that tells you something. So, um I mean, the defense has done enough this year. Will it be enough moving forward? I I don't know. We're going to have to see.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's completed almost 73% of his passes. He's got 1,700 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, and two interceptions. I mean, this isn't your regular group of five quarterback. I mean, this guy can play football. He's a good player. They have good weapons, and the offense is a spread it out, throw it all over the place offense offense. And we've seen Mel play this bend, break defense. And it's almost like he's just waiting for a timely turnover, which they've gotten this year, or a, a defensive play in the backfield, which they've gotten at times this year. And we saw with Cal Halliday in this game. Um, and, you know, speaking of Cal Halliday, I guess we better talk touch on this. Uh, one of the uh, points you could say, one of the touchdowns was – I'm not going to say that they didn't earn it, but uh, I think the guys on the side in the uh, striped shirts helped them out a little bit. Spartan stadium was not happy about it. Raining down booze, the Cal holiday targeting. I mean, you guys can be more diplomatic about it if you want, but I was right there. It was right in front of me. He hits him with his shoulder. He basically misses him. Most of it. He, He hardly hits him, yet. They call targeting. And then shockingly it gets held up. And now Michigan state's missing their starting middle linebacker in the first half against Rutgers. I know I've complained about targeting on this show before. I complain about it constantly, but that didn't look like targeting in the spirit of the rule to me.
0: Uh, you know, every time I look at a targeting call 95% of them, I feel like I'm either like, Oh yeah, that's definitely targeting or that's not targeting. And it goes the opposite way. So I'm pretty much done even trying to figure it out. It did not look like there was no intent there. I didn't think, um, I guess if you read the, the, the rule, then yeah, I, you know whatever. But I, I mean, I've seen plays a lot, a lot worse than that in recently, even this year, that were not called for targeting um, or were overturned. And I, I just didn't see that in that play, but that's what the refs did. And so there you go. You're without a uh, starting linebacker next week for the first half.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the point of the rule is to prevent people from. Intentionally taking headshots, you know, and injuring people and causing those, you know, catastrophic concussion type of things. <laughs> I mean, Cal Halliday was about as far away from doing that as you could be. I think on Saturday, so um, it didn't seem to be within the rule to me. As I know the rule, and if it was, then I think you got to change the rule because that's, you know, that that the, the penalty does not um, fit the uh, um, the infraction there for sure.
2: Who did we see getting the minutes in there uh, with? with him out. I mean, we did get a question about Mawa now Teotay progressing and starting to play in the rotation. Um, this person asked if you thought that was just a situational opportunity on Saturday, but I mean, you would think him, Noah Harvey, um, I mean, right. Probably those two baby Ben Van Sumren. I mean, maybe mix and match between those three who was leading the snap count when he went out. I didn't notice.
0: Well, so just, I think where you would start would be that, um, you know, obviously with Chase Klein being out in the, in the portal, that's, that takes a hit to your depth, but um, Van Someren was the first substitute linebacker in the game on Saturday. Um, After that, it was Ma and after that it was Harvey. Um, Just looking back at my notes, the drive after uh, Halliday got tossed, it was Harvey in there with Crouch. So make of that what you will. Um, I don't know, but I think you're going to see all three of them. Um, So Probably, I, I just based on experience, I don't know, I, I would say Van Summeren or or Harvey is in there first, but, you know, they like what they've seen in Ma, and, you know, he when he's in there for limited snaps. I think he played, let's see, according to our folks at Pro Football Focus, he played nine defensive snaps on Saturday night. Um, only the second game he's been in on defense, he played 14 against Youngstown State. Um he had a nice uh, pass breakup with a big hit when he was in there. So um, we've seen him just in limited role, but uh, the coaching staff obviously likes what they see from him. So I, I yeah, I'm sure you're going to see him at Rutgers, but I think it'll be a mixture of all three of them, maybe in the first half uh, alongside crouch. And maybe, you know, you probably see two of those guys paired up maybe together at the same time before uh, Cal's back.
2: Yeah. And Cal Halliday had, you know, he was in on 10 tackles before that I mentioned the tackle for loss and the fumble recovery, Angelo gross gets in on 16 tackles. ESPN has him for 11 solo tackles. And I think him and Henderson are two of the, maybe the two leading tacklers on the team through five games this year. Um, you uh, know, so like, I don't, I feel like I keep bringing this up and I don't want to harp on it. Like it's an issue, but like your safeties are your two leading tacklers. I mean, are they just playing like in a super aggressive style, almost like in a bandit linebacker role? I mean, it, I don't know. Well, it I mean, because I, mean, I feel like you don't want your safeties being the leading tacklers. <laughs>
0: well, it depends on what the other team's gonna do. I mean, this isn't Iowa running up and just running the, you know, lining up and running the ball between the tackles the whole game. I mean, you're not gonna have you know, this isn't about you know, a D'Antonio middle linebacker picket, you know, a Joe Bocce getting 22 tackles type of you know <laughs> team you were facing Saturday. So when you throw the ball 64 times, your leading tackler better be somebody in your second because <laughs> that's where everything is. If it's if you got to you know somebody is leading you in tackles and isn't in secondary, I don't know what to tell you. So uh, it's just what teams are doing against them. I mean, if you're, I mean, no matter who Western Kentucky's facing, they're going to line up and throw the ball a thousand times. But, you know, if you're a team that even does have balance offensively, you know, which I guess you could say Rutgers does, even though they they don't have a very good offense this year, so far as the numbers are putting up, but what do you, you know, which way would you rather try to attack Michigan state? You know, you try to throw the ball on them, I think so, but they also have, Bo Melton is questionable this week,
1: so that. Yeah, I was gonna say I see that. It's just a compliment to Michigan State's front seven, as much as anything. You know, teams don't want to run against them.
2: Yeah, that's that's why I just cannot wait for this Michigan matchup. I know it's a couple weeks away, but we've seen Harbaugh want to do this ground pound crap, and Michigan State has looked uh, pretty pretty good up front so far this year. Um, And then you'll, you'll flip it and play a team like Ohio State that has five star receivers running eight deep. So like, it's gonna be. Uh, it's going to be interesting as we, as we head down the stretch, uh, in the team and but we're, we're a long ways from there. Sorry. I just get excited. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we did get a question about the secondary, um, and Michigan state did get, just get a, uh, commit who's probably going to help them in the secondary too. But, uh, have a uh, Marky Lowry and Curry Crump been injured or they just not have a shot at corner? Uh, this person's wondering with Girvingard who the next to step up after the top three.
0: Um, it's a good question because, you know, there was that four really, and now there's three um, Chuck got on the field. Like I mentioned earlier, he got beat for a big play. He he was out there very sparingly on Saturday. I think he played less than 10 snaps um, credit to Xavier Hederson, who last week told us uh, that he thinks uh, Marky Lowry is close to being healthy again. So that's as close as we were going to get an injury update from Michigan state. So that'll say that, but we did see, uh, Lowry was dressed on Saturday, um, going through warmups for whatever that's worth. He has not played on defense this year. I don't believe, um, Crump has not either. So I don't know. Uh, I guess Lowry would maybe be your next guy in there. Um, that's, you know, a little tough to say, um, as far as just looking at scholarship guys. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen, uh, Justin Whitey's will walk on out there, but I don't know how, you know, when it really, you know, in a, in a tight game, big game, I I don't know if they're going to go beyond those top three right now, barring something happening.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, they really need Kimbrough and Ronald Williams to stay on the field because it's sketchy depth back there. I mean, fortunately they have really good safety play. So I think that can kind of help you back there, but uh, the depth of corner is, is sketchy. And I think Michigan state fans are right to be a little concerned about it, but I mean, that, look, this isn't a team. I know they're ranked 11th in the country, but they're not a perfect team. They're going to have flaws just like pretty much every team in the country, not named Alabama. So like, uh, you know, you're going to have a weakness somewhere. Hopefully the rest of the team, if you're a state fan is enough to overcome it. Um, but let's see anything else from Western Kentucky, anything that caught your eye on the game, any players or plays or anything, or should we just move forward here?
0: Michigan State needs somebody to really run that scoreboard in the stadium accurately. Holy crap. (laughs) Yes, they do. uh, Oh, my gosh. Maybe I wasn't – maybe it wasn't just the first game. Maybe, I don't know. I don't remember it being bad for Youngstown State, or I just – you know, whatever. But, you know, when I look up for down and distance, you know, if I'm looking at stat broadcast, you know, the stadium feed should be ahead. Um, Right. But, holy crap, has it been bad this year? I mean, it has been way off. I mean, it isn't even, like –
2: it, 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 I've never it's, seen so many
0: first in seventy sixes. <laughs> if if the down and distance is correct and the yard line is correct, you're like, oh wow, this is this is a change of pace. I mean, it is constantly wrong on the down distance and, and spot every single time. I, I don't. So and you know, I feel for fans because you know that's I you know I can find it elsewhere. If Stat broadcast is is not frozen then whatever, but um, I mean that's something they have to address for the fans.
2: Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I don't want to like get an intern fired or something here, but uh, somebody's gotta got needs to get in there in training or something. Because yeah, I agree, it's been pretty bad. Uh, I noticed it multiple times on Saturday night. But hey, if that's the worst thing that comes out of the game on Saturday Saturday night for Spartan fans, I think they'll take it. Uh, I <laughs> so. think they'll take
0: they'll they'll take it saying first and ninety nine every single <laughs> yeah. play if if they get wins out of it. I don't think anybody really cares.
2: Absolutely, and Jaden Reed, what first all, first in all purpose yards in the country, and Kenneth yep. Walker's first in rushing, and Bryce Behringer's what is, did you say it was up to second in total punting?
0: Second, second in punting. So yeah, Reed one seventy six point six yards per game, uh, Behringer Savage in fifty one point nine a punt, and Walker leads the nation still in rushing at one thirty six.
2: So and Reed and Walker both very much in the Heisman conversation. They should be at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, you. I have not seen Reed. I mean, you can certainly I mean, make it, but they should, um, uh, but I have not seen his name floated out there um, as far as odds or anything like that, but
1: who knows? It's been a while since somebody like that. I feel like, you know, kind of a special teams, you know, like, but it's been, it seems like it's a quarterback award these days. I'd love to see any, you know, non quarterback get in there and do it. You know, I know, I know last year we did, but um, you know, it'd be nice. Yeah.
0: And he returned, he returned punts last year, right? He,
1: yeah, I think so. I think he,
0: yeah.
1: All right, so he might, won last year, but they're still—that's still a tough road yeah. for a wide receiver, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. It had
2: been. Was it Desmond was the last one to win? before I think so. In last yeah.
1: Year?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm so, not yeah, saying so. they're—I'm not saying they really have le- legitimate shots to win the Heisman. I'm just saying right now, Jaden Reed should at least have odds somewhere. I yeah, mean, probably. Legit, if you, you know, lead the nation, so. and
0: if you lead the nation, and 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 total yards per game, you get two punt returns for a touchdown, and you've been, you know, a playmaker offensively. Yeah.
2: And then quickly before we get to the basketball, Dylan Tatum commits to Michigan State last week, probably shortly right after our pod, Uh, but he's a four-star kid, and he's 265 in the country, according to the 247 Composite. This is an athlete, 5'11", 190, another in-state kid from West Bloomfield. That gives Michigan State four of the top ten in-state recruits, according to 247. Bumps their class to 17th in the nation uh, and fourth in the Big Ten as of right now. This is a kid Michigan was after. It seemed like Michigan was going to get him for a while. And then, you know, the, the Spartan Dog weekend happens and things start to flip here. But now you've got him and Jaden Mangum, both uh, from in-state, coming in at half – with as athletes along with Antonio Gates and Alex Van Summeren. So uh this is a big pickup for Michigan State, potentially someone who could uh have an impact in the in the back or the defensive secondary, Jesus, defensive secondary, in the secondary, uh pretty early on. But uh, good pickup here for Mel Tucker.
0: Yeah, you know, this is a kid. I mean, I follow the recruiting, but not like a crazy person. Um he was supposed to commit a while back, if I remember correctly. Um then he, you know, it, and every again, yeah, everybody thought initially he was going to end up at Michigan, especially with Bellamy going there. But uh, you know, they you know, held on, got him on campus, and and I certainly don't think it hurts that <laughs> uh, Mel Tucker had the team four and oh and in the in the top twenty five uh, before the kid made his decision. So I guess if you if you see some results out there, that that doesn't hurt at all. So yeah, good pickup, and again, you yeah, to get. Or the top ten in-state guys, um, you now have what is it five four-star kids in the class, I believe. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five. five. So yeah, um, I think you're seeing what Mel, Mel and his staff can do with uh, you know some actual in-person recruiting and you know a normal-ish type of year to uh, to do it.
2: He's like, I'll just stay in the green and white. That's good for me. I like these colors. It looks good on me. Let's just stay there. Um, but yeah, we were pumped about it. It's a, it's a good good pick up there. So um, let's see, let's move on. Uh, we have basketball, man. Let's go. It's October. It's time for basketball. There was an open practice. We touched on it off the top of the show. Uh, a lot of people were there. Kyle says about 5,000 Kyle, you were one of them. Um, so I was not there and I, I was seeing some things on Twitter, but I know there was some things I was curious about, but, um, just give me some of your takeaways. What caught your eye during the open practice?
1: Uh, well, first and foremost, um, Tyson Walker Uh, Best player on the floor, uh, I thought pretty unequivocally. I think anybody there, anybody I talked to that was there um, thought that. I mean, just really looking like a a true point guard, difference maker at point guard, um, ran the pick and roll really well uh, with a couple different guys, but really Joey Hauser, which is interesting. I think he could really um, help jumpstart Joey Hauser a little bit, but um, just making really good, smart passes uh, out of the pick and roll on the fast break, finding guys right where they need it um, and, you know, finding his offense too. Um, you know, not a, not a shoot first guy, but a guy with, you know, it seemed like he had enough offensive um, firepower to um you know to, to be a threat uh you know hit a couple long range shots um not super athletic but kind of crafty in a way gets in the lane hits floaters stuff like that so um not really very many turnovers at all um certainly seemed like the best point guard there um and so we'll, we'll see how that plays out there the starting lineup uh he was not in it he was on kind of the the twos team uh AJ whole guard is was still the the starting point guard so um you know, it, it's one practice. Uh, I keep telling myself that, you know, it's one moment in time, but it certainly seems like um, uh, they got something to figure out there. if They still got Hogarth starting and Tyson Walker's looking the way he did. Um, so rest of the starters, Hogarth, Max Christie, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, and Marcus Bingham uh, were kind of the ones there. Um, you know, nothing too surprising there. You know, Malik Hall over Joey Howser, I think that's probably still, a, a, you know, a competition uh, Marcus Bingham Jr., you know, a guy that Tom Izzo has always talked up a lot as kind of being better, you know, maybe finally turning this corner. We've been waiting three years for him to turn, but – you know, again, one practice, but, I, you know, I didn't really see anything um, different as far, you know, from last year's um, center battle. Um, he, you know, um, Julius Marble, I thought, did some good things, too. Um, and, you know, those guys look pretty much neck and neck to me. So if you if you saw what they had last year at center, uh, it looked pretty much the same this year. So um, not a whole lot of movement there. Um, you know, Max Christie, I was pretty impressed with, I was a little worried. He was, um, you know, his size, you know, like, uh, he's kind of long or root really is a little thin, but, uh, he's a physical guy, you know, he got into it on defense. He's banging down there for rebounds, um, you know, hit back-to-back threes at one point, he's going to be a shooter. Um, but he looks like a guy who's going to hold his own out there physically. And, and he looked like a guy who's ready to start from day one. Um, and then, you know, I won't give you too much, but, uh, shooting, you know, it's they weren't playing great defense out there, but still notable how many shots were falling. Uh, You know, this was not a very good three point shooting team last year, as we well know. But you add Max Christie, who I think is going to be a plus shooter. Um, uh, I think Joey Howard here can shoot the ball a lot better than he did, especially if he's got a good point guard, finding him in good spots. Um, and I think Tyson Walker, you know, maybe not a plus shooter, but I think he's gonna be a better shooter than most of the guys that had playing point guard last year. So I think this is a team that's gonna be able to stretch the fall a little bit more, hit some open shots. So um still a lot of question marks, but um, you know, I think we learned a lot about the team on Saturday.
0: So Kyle, I wasn't at the the practice. Max Christie was not unavailable for um writers cramp. That wasn't a thing.
1: What 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 are you talking about?
0: The autographs, sorry.
1: Maybe. Oh, the autographs! Gosh, yeah. Some. <laughs> uh, shout out to the creepy guy in the making Michigan State athlete signed autographs out of his trunk last Wednesday. Man, that was. <laughs> man, that was <laughs> okay, it yeah, was
2: that weird. Is
1: odd. Yeah, man, yeah. We, it's
2: the brave new world we live in. Of Our, Our no, this year,
1: this is definitely not an NLL deal. I wanted to like swing by and be like, "Hey, Max, tell this guy to f off, man," and they'll pay you. <laughs> Um
0: We, I got there and walked by, and there are two dudes parked illegally, in, you know, in spots that weren't spots, and are pulling stuff out of his trunk for for Max to sign. And like ten minutes later, Kyle gets there and he's like, "Yeah, the weirdest thing." I was like, "Oh my, he's still there signing." And then,
1: then we left, you know, and he had Peyton Thorn there signing stuff. Yeah,
0: there were what? helmets out. <laughs> uh, were, they. I don't know. i
2: How do you know he doesn't? They, there's no NIL deal, with, nil deal with Guy and Trunk in- and <laughs> <laughs> Guy and
1: Guy and Trunk Incorporated. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um So if Hogard and and, um, and uh, Walker look like our, our point guards, then I mean, Akins is obviously a point guard. We we kind of thought he might play off ball though. Coming in, yeah, that, the yeah, that's like I, the case? yeah. That's one thing I.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I should have mentioned. He was mostly off the ball. Um, uh on Saturday and I you know Thomas kind of said that that's where um where they're gonna see him more and gosh he's quick you know I, I don't know how if he's gonna have a big role but it, fans are gonna like him he's gonna be exciting he's gonna make some exciting plays he's athletic as heck you know he's not very tall but he's gonna throw on some highlight reel jams so um I think he's gonna be a fun guy playing off the ball um and, and who knows what he can do but yeah he, he was another guy who did well.
2: Uh, we did get one question. It feels like we will need useful or serviceable minutes from Maddie Sissoko, just for fouls, uh, even as a rim protector. How far off is he from contributing in the post on the offensive end? I mean, he he seems like he's the third big in. Yeah, he
1: was. Um, he was. He was. It was um, Bingham, Marble, and then Sissoko on Saturdays. So You're still a third in. I mean, I'll agree that they'll need minutes from him. I think you you know you need three centers. Um, I and I don't know how much offense you really need from him. You know, I I don't. Um, he's gonna have guys on the floor with him that I think will be capable of scoring. And when he's in there, I think you're looking more for defense, rim protection, and rebounding. Um, if he can score, great. Um. I'd expect he'd be better. I mean, his biggest thing is he hadn't played much basketball. So I think he was learning the footwork and, you know, some of the post moves and stuff like that. So I, I'd expect he'd be a little bit better, but you know, he ain't going to be Nick Ward out there. You know, uh, he, he'll be what I think, hopefully a little bit better version of what he was last year.
2: Really wish, uh, Mel Tucker would, would quit chopping out there. It's going crazy in my, in my non, uh, <laughs> microphone deer, but, uh, uh, okay, Kyle. So is this a top five team in the big 10?
1: Uh, yes. Um, closer, certainly a lot closer to five than one, um, in the big 10, but you know, they'll be better. I mean, we, we, we talked so much about the point guard last year. I mean, if they have a point guard who can play like Tyson Walker did on Saturday, um, uh, and, and I'm, Hesitating to get too far ahead of myself. I'm, I'm imagining spring game MVP, you know, Damian Terry is going to be the next Big Ten um, uh, player now of the year, October. you know, this stuff like stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, even, I mean, even if he's serviceable there, um, you know, this is a team that can take a major step forward. Um, you know, Gabe Brown wouldn't even talk about, you know, he, um, you know, um, he had a good scrimmage. I didn't think he um, Not a whole lot different from last year, but I think he's got a lot more in him. Um, You know, I think, you know, I do think they've got the pieces. Um, I um, they get a point guard going. I think they're pretty good defensively. I think Max Christie um, could be, uh, you know, 12, 15 point a game score um, as a freshman. I think the opportunity for him is there. I think he's an all around player. He's going to defend can do a lot of different things. He can shoot. I think he's going to have enough guys around him. He looked good in that fast break. Um, so I, I, I think, I, you know, I don't see them contending for a big 10 title, but I don't see more than four teams in the big 10 better than them either.
2: Yeah. And I mean, Michigan state somehow, I mean, I, I mean, I know why they were bad last year, but under the radar coming into this season, Michigan state, which is weird to say, but I mean, the teams in the big 10 that are getting the hype are Michigan Purdue, um, who am I missing here? Illinois. Um, so you know, even Indiana is getting some buzz with Tracy yeah. Davis coming back. So like, count me out on the Michigan. Somehow, Michigan State is under the radar nationally, um, which is a good thing. I think uh, Tom Izzo has no problem with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll do all the underdog stuff, but I mean, you can, you can only be an underdog so much when you're at Michigan state, you know, they're still going to be a marquee team and um, we're going to find out pretty quickly. Hey, you know, as you always do about Michigan state um, and, you know, they're going to take their lumps early. Um, but you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, they, they've got a lot of production they need to fill just because Aaron Henry did so much, you know, they, they don't have a double digit score coming back. You know, they're losing their leading rebounder. He did so much for them. So it's, it's going to be about, you know, who, who steps up to fill those roles and and can these guys do it, you know, can, um, um, can, can Gabe Brown be the guy can, can Joey Howser shoot better than whatever he did from three point range, you know, can, if they have a point guard they can do something for them you know there, there's there's a lot of question marks but i think they've got the the skill um they need um they need their just wonderful if it comes together
2: and we'll get into more basketball as we get closer to the season uh but just wanted to to touch on it there because we kind of got our first or at least the public did got their first uh real look at the team in 2021. Well, let's move on. We got a football game coming up here. Uh, it's on Saturday against uh, Rutgers, the fierce Big Ten East Conference rival. They're coached by Greg Schiano. He's in his 13th season overall in New Jersey, his second stint. I have been 74 and 75 overall record. Uh, I saw the line opened at six and then it got down to four, but I've seen it at like five now. Uh, 50 and a half over under. Uh, Rutgers so far on the season they're coming off two straight losses to Michigan and Ohio State uh, they have wins won their first three against Temple Syracuse and Delaware so I guess the big question coming into this game Matt is Rutgers actually improved
0: <laughs> uh, improved from what last year or improved from uh, the just after- in general <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um, yeah they're, they're, they seem like a hard team to get a read for right um, yeah. you blow out temple, you squeak by Syracuse, you blow out Delaware, you barely lose at Michigan. And I saw, I watched, you know, a good portion of that Michigan game. Cause we had a night game, but, um, and then you just get absolutely curb stopped by Ohio state. So, I mean, they are not a very good offensive team. They are decent defensively absent or minus what getting 52 put up on them last week. So I don't know. They they seem like they're a little hard to get a read for, you know, I haven't been sitting there breaking down their film on, a, on the, daily basis so it seems like this will this will not be a game Michigan State's going to put 40 up I, I would be very surprised unless they just unless Rutgers just folds because like I said they have been pretty good defensively we saw what they did against Michigan maybe it's just Ohio State being Ohio State so um <clears throat> excuse me uh yeah I don't know uh you know Shiano had his presser today and was asked about you know players moving on from the Ohio State loss and he said he hoped they don't do that quickly because <laughs> He, he wants that to fuel them. So I don't know. I mean, you, you know, you play Michigan, Ohio state back to back. It's going to be a tough stretch and, and now Michigan state's coming in. It's not getting any easier. So I don't know. Uh, I I'll be I'll be curious to see how this one plays out on Saturday.
2: They're 35th in total defense, at least according to ncaa.com. Uh, but you know, I, I was trying to figure it out too. Cause I was like, let me, let me see if Rutgers like, what do they got here? I watched the game, the highlights of the Ohio state game. They just got completely housed. I, it's Ohio State. I don't know how much you can take from that, but then I went and went back and watched the Temple game where they dropped 50 on Temple on an American Athletic Conference team who hung with Memphis the other day, or yesterday, on Saturday. So, uh, and they looked great there. Explosive, Aaron Cruikshank um, is an explosive, super fast guy that can hurt you in the return game. Noel Vedrill's an experienced quarterback. Isaac Pacheco is a, uh, you know, experienced running back. You said Bo Milton was questionable? He's He's another one of their best weapons on the outside, so...
0: Yeah, he got hurt on Saturday, and um, Chiano today said basically he's uh, banged up and the wait and see, and he's receiving treatment. So no word on, on that. And he's, you know, he's there. He leads him and catches receptions, um, touchdowns. So there you go. Or catches, hey, uh, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Sorry.
2: What else did Chiano have to say about Michigan State? You said not much, right? No, it was uh, – I think
0: that lasted about seven minutes. Um yeah, he, uh, he gives some very short answers. Um, he was asked to, you know, compare, to ask what he thought of Michigan State compared to last year and basically said, look, everybody, you know, COVID affected everybody different, you know, and, and then kind of just cut off his answer without really finishing the thought. But it was clear that, you know, he thinks this is a different team. Uh, he got asked about the difference between Michigan and Michigan State's rushing attacks. And, you know, he just basically said there must be something in the water up there because they're both pretty good um and he didn't he didn't really get into too much Michigan State specific so
2: um yeah keep chopping keep chopping chopping, which we got to talk about this right come on keep I mean I could stick my head out the window and ask Chris Kapilovic if he wants if he knows anything about it but uh uh apparently keep chopping is a Rutgers thing uh and uh you know our colleague uh over in uh, New Jersey, writing for NJ.com, wrote a story about it. Michigan State maybe potentially stealing this from Rutgers. Uh, do we need to, like, come up with, like, a keep chopping trophy for Michigan State and Rutgers? Is this a, a we'll brewing? Put Paul Bunyan Kyle on him. it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that one's taken, Kyle. We oh, okay, that. And, okay. And we can't do Paul Bunyan's axes either, because I'm pretty sure that's taken as well. So, uh, yeah, but, I mean, I didn't know this was a Rutgers thing. Uh, I guess maybe it is. Maybe Mel you know, he comes up with the deep end. He comes up with the woodshed. He's got all this stuff. Is he not as original as we thought he is? I, I mean,
0: it's he's a football coach. Everything in football is recycled since you know, <laughs> what, the, the, the invention of the forward pass. That was probably the last – you know, the wildcat. Using the wildcat was probably the last new thing that came out in football, and that was the throw. You know, it's – I can't tell you how little I care about <laughs> there being a potential beef be- – From Rutgers fans about Mel Tucker using the chop thing. If that's their thing, which it clearly is cool. Good for you. Have fun with it. Knock yourself out. I don't care. Just like, you know, I mean, if that's what Michigan state guy, you know, Mel was obviously pushing it, which is clearly part of the woodshed thing. And if if that's what guys want to do, that's, that's fine. You know, Angelo gross, uh, you know, got asked about, he got asked a couple of questions post game and all he just kept his answer was keep chopping. So fine you know that's that's no problem i don't i don't know why fan bases would get so upset because um greg shadow and ruckers clearly are not the first people to use this phrase so yeah
1: that's what i'm gonna say like they're they're both wrong for one ruckers if you want to like own something you got to make it more creative than keep chopping you know like that's just such a generic thing like you can't say that and try to own it you know um, but like also like Mel like I'm going to need a dictionary pretty soon to keep up with all of Mel's <laughs> phrases here. like man maybe that's a maybe that's a book idea for you you know if if this, if this Mel Tucker era keeps going well you can you can publish the Mel Tucker dictionary of words and phrases or something but <laughs> yeah, yeah it, 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 like, like he's got some good stuff and he's kind of throwing a lot out there like I'd like to see him kind of whittle it down a little bit more and pick one or two to kind of go with because I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping up and um keep chopping it can do much for me I mean Rutgers can have bad as far as i'm sure and i like the deep end more personally
2: i thought that was a good one we, we got the deep end of the woodshed uh, where, <laughs> we keep, where we chop right is there am i missing well, anything else i what would be really funny is if
0: ruckers just leaned into this and they altered the sign outside uh if it's still called shi stadium do you guys know what i'm talking about oh yes yes the welcome to the birthplace <laughs> if they just put of the chop or keep welcome to the bird's place. It is added to the banner of keep chopping. So
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that would, that would be, I would get a laugh out of that walking from the car to the press box on uh, Saturday morning. That would be fun. Yeah.
2: I got James Cratch here from New New Jersey advanced. He's the one who wrote this story. Maybe we got to get a hold of him to, to see what's going on here. He seems to know what's no, going he, on.
1: He, he, he did remind me though, of one of the best NFL injuries of all time. When the, yeah. um, <laughs> when they put an X in the, in the locker room and, and their punter impaled himself with it. That was yeah. good.
2: Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's see Have I got anything else here. Oh, I mean, I guess I didn't say Michigan State leads the overall series eight to four. Uh, Rutgers won last year in a game where Michigan State had seven turnovers and looked like a team that hadn't practiced uh, or had hardly practiced. Uh, last year was just a mess, man. Like, come on, seven turnovers. If they can lose by, if they can come turn the ball over seven times and lose by nine last year, uh, seems like Michigan State can control this game. Uh, pretty easily with the weapons that they have. But, you know, they haven't been on the road in a while. It's a noon kick. Could be sleepy on the Big Ten network. Uh, you know, Rutgers is Rutgers. So, it, you know, I don't care how much they say they want to focus on the next team. Um, R- Rutgers is easy to overlook, I think. So, uh, Mel Tucker is going to have to have the guys focused. Uh, let's see. Over and over fifty and a half. 50 and a half. Give me Michigan State, 31 17.
0: Oh, you probably want me to pick a score, too, huh? Um, Definitely. uh, How about 27-20 Michigan State wins? I will probably alter that um, before uh, putting that in uh, the written form later this week.
1: Yeah, I I think – I'm not holding that Ohio State score, too, against Rutgers. I think Ohio State's coming around and and getting it together. So, uh, I still think that's a pretty solid team. I think Michigan State will win, but I think it'll be – it'll be a little bit closer. I would pick them like thirty-one twenty-eight, Michigan state.
2: All right. Well, there you go. Three picks for Michigan state. Um, it's an, it's another, uh, another test here. And then Michigan state's on the road again, and then they have a bye before Michigan. So it's going to be a while before Michigan state fans will see them back at Spartan stadium, but plenty of opportunities to go on the road and continue to rack up wins here for a team that is suddenly number 11 in the country. Holy cow, man. I mean, coming into the season, I don't know. Would you have ever said there was an opportunity for them to become a borderline top 10 team? I mean, this is crazy. I mean, I don't,
0: what, what's happened so far, just as far as wins and losses. I mean, I, I guess it's not, it's not that shocking, right? Other than when you went into the season, you thought, well, Miami's going to be a loss just because, oh, Miami's going to be so good. And they obviously are not uh, very good. Um, but still, you know, notable to go down there and get a win on the road. But, you know, looking at the schedule before the season, Northwestern, Youngstown State, Nebraska, Western Kentucky, I think, you know, I'm 99.9% sure I picked them to win all four, all those games. Miami was the only yeah. team I had them losing to. So you get the win at Miami, and yeah, I mean, do I think they are a top 10 team? I don't I don't think so at this point in time. Um, but there's a lot of parity, obviously, this year. There's a lot of top 25 teams losing. So, so here you are. You know, if they can continue to – do what they do off, have done offensively minus the second half against Nebraska and their defense does enough. And who the hell knows?
2: And Nebraska absolutely crushed Northwestern on Saturday uh, for those wondering. So I, uh, Michigan plays Nebraska in another night game at their place uh, this week. So that'll be one to watch as well. But um, you know, we'll see. You can only beat who you play. So uh, I agree. The sca- the schedule has been favorable, I don't think they're even close to a top 10 team right now. I'd say they're top 20, but top 10, you look at some of those teams that are around them. uh, I don't see them being as good as them. I think it's been a little bit of a product of the schedule, but uh, we'll see. I mean, they've proven they can make big plays and opportunistic plays as well. So uh, we'll see if that continues on Saturday. It's Michigan State and Rutgers. It's from New Jersey. It's at noon. It's on the Big Ten Network. Um, And that will be there, I'm sure, to uh, bring it all to you. No night game. Hey, noon kick. You like those, right?
0: I will be at the birthplace bright and early. So it'll be a, <laughs> my third trip to uh, that, that place. I actually, I like, I know it's, you know, Rutgers gets banged a lot for a lot of stuff, and there apparently weren't many people at the game last year, but I actually like that place. You, it is the closest press box to the field that I've been at in the Big Ten. Um, it's also it's only like three, two, three flights of stairs up compared to, you know, at Michigan State, you're eight floors. So, yeah, you get to get a little bit better view of things. And they do have the cannon, which I assume is still operating. So, <laughs> nothing like getting the shit scared out of you because you forgot somebody scored and they shoot off a cannon from 40 yards away.
2: <laughs> well, hopefully we don't have to hear it very much, Matt. Uh, that's what the listeners want: is no cannon action, none uh, whatsoever, except maybe at the kickoff. I'm sure they do that. But uh, Matt will be there. We'll be watching on TV, and we appreciate everyone for listening. So, for Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. This has been M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Go Green!